This is your host, Jessica Martinez, and you are listening to The Pumping Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is my very first episode, and I'm so excited to share it with you. Today, we have on one of my nearest and dearest friends, Amanda Fontana. This girl and I have been through everything. Just to give you a little bit of background, we are both actors, and we were on tour with the national tour of Beauty and the Beast. And we decided to be roommates, and then we decided to be bus mates, and then we could never leave each other's side. So we were coffee mates, and traveling mates, and arguing mates. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Not really, but yeah. (laughs) It was a, a long two years, to say the least, but we became the dearest of friends, and she's just the best. And I'm so excited that she now has a beautiful little girl in her life. And I can't wait to have you hear her story. Just as a little bit of a heads up, this is one of those episodes, like I warned you in the preview, we say some dirty words. (laughs) We do also get a little bit technical. And some of the medical terms that we use are truly only um, a reflection of what Amanda's experience was like. So it's not intended at all to be a diagnosis or treatment for anybody out there, but just purely her story and what she went through. And like I said, if you don't want to hear the word nipple or boob or anything like that, maybe skip this one. But it's an awesome story. Here's one of my best girls, Amanda Fontana. Oh, gosh, who am I? <laughs> well, I guess the the short of it, um, grew up near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, went to school in Pittsburgh, made the big move to New York City to pursue my dream of musical theater, um, was fortunate to perform in and out of the city for about 11 years. That's crazy when you think, isn't it crazy how fast time goes? It, God. it is insane. Yes. Before you, in a blink of an eye, you're having your 10 year anniversary in New York yeah. and you're like, whoa, crazy. Um, and then I met this wonderful man <laughs> who, who proposed via a show yeah. and um, I decided, you know, I, my life as a gypsy was maybe coming to an end. I wanted to stay stay put, start a family. Um, And family has always been really important to you, right? And and starting a family. Exactly. So growing up, you know, kids have dreams of what they want to be. Mine was always, I want to be a dancer and I want to be a mom. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I feel like I'm achieving both, which is great. Um. And yeah, as of April 9th, you know, of this year, uh, Miss Ellie made me a mom. It was one of the best moments of my life. (laughs) And it's Ellie Hudson Fontana, right? Correct, yes. And she, as of now, is two, what is that, two months? A little over? She is, yes, a little over. Actually, today is 10 weeks. Crazy. Yeah, double digits. That little girl. (laughs) Um, she's basically a teenager 
in the blink of an eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, before welcoming Ellie into the world, what was one thing that you were the most apprehensive or nervous about coming? Or- yeah, I guess it wasn't so much, I wasn't nervous for her arrival. And I guess that's because I also have a background of nannying. So I've been around kids my entire life. Mm-hmm. My mom, um, she's adores children. She nannied kids when I was younger. So I've always had those examples. Yeah. Um, the nerves came mostly that I was going to have her early. I know that sounds silly, but it was not being prepared for her arrival. I felt after she was here that I could handle everything, but it was getting the room in order and mm-hmm. having the pictures on the wall and and having her space ready before her big arrival into this world. Why do you think the space was so important to you? Because I mean, I'm sure people welcome babies into the world and it's, you know, things yeah. aren't ready, but why why did that feel like a primary first step? Um, looking back and actually in the moment, I could even tell people this is selfishly for mom. This is for me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think it was a step that I needed to complete to be ready for this new chapter of our lives. Well, and I think the other thing is you and of course her, but that you and the two of you are going to spend so much time there in that chair you're in right now, you know, just enjoying the space and and feeding and reading books and spending time and so I guess if it wasn't ready it would be nerve-wracking to to start that yes but let me tell all those expecting parents to be (laughs) what you think is gonna happen is not gonna happen (laughs) so that's I I think we started out in the glider chair but then you know it was breastfeed wherever we could. (laughs) Exactly. Just, well, so that's a perfect, perfect segue. So first of all, I sort of mentioned to you, but I didn't really explain. And um, just so that everybody else knows you, I'm so excited that you said yes to do my very first interview because you were my inspiration to start this podcast. And um, basically in all of our conversation and in, I've had a lot of personal time with you in the beginning stages of Ellie more than I think I have with really any other child at such an early stage. Um, But in hearing all of that you're going through, and we'll get into some of that later, but just the process of pumping and breastfeeding, and you mentioned to me a couple times about how sometimes those moments can feel a little bit, while it's wonderful and a bonding moment and all of those things, it can also feel a little bit lonely and isolating and if you're visiting friends and family and you have to run off and kind of have a little FOMO or whatever. Um, And so in hearing you talk about that and in seeing some of my other friends going through that too on social media and hearing stories from them, I thought, well, that really sucks. It's like this, women go through this major thing in their life and they're trying to keep this amazing child alive and healthy, but they have to feel this sense of isolation. And I thought, let me try to create something that when they're alone in those moments, they can listen and feel like they're not alone. So I think that's 
an excellent idea. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wanted you to know that you were definitely my, my inspiration for it. But with that said, um, this is going to be launching on the very beginning of breastfeeding week, which is Thursday oh. first. Gosh, um, I had no idea. Yeah. See, learn something new every day. Um, so while not every episode on the pumping podcast is going to be about pumping and breastfeeding, it's going to be tailored to each mom I talk to. But with you, I definitely wanted to talk about pumping and breastfeeding because it's been quite the journey, hasn't it? It has. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if you can call it a journey, more so an adventure, sometimes a nightmare. (laughs) An obstacle course, maybe. Exactly. Well, so you said to me, um, you said to me once, no one talks about it beforehand and they don't tell you how it really is. So you said, so I'm here to tell you all about it and let you know everything you need. So if you don't mind sharing with the podcast world, um, and I'd love to hear before we dive into your story, this might be challenging. Can you give one word to describe pumping and breastfeeding? I mean, you're definitely correct that there's not all the focus is on labor and delivery the baby coming there's no focus or no headway into the breastfeeding adventures uh so one word i mean i guess i would say unexpected mm-hmm. because i just there was so many elements of breastfeeding i was unaware of mm-hmm. like you think you you get the basics. I even went to a class and I think I had mentioned this to you that, you know, you fill out a little survey at the end and they ask you what, what could we have done better? What topics would have you like to hear more of? Well, when you've never breastfed before you go to this class, you're like, it was great. I feel prepared. Yeah. And you don't know even what to ask probably. Right. Exactly. I mean, in the class, they focused on positioning of the baby, how the importance of keeping the baby awake during feeding and the latch, all of that is great stuff. But what they don't tell you is all of that is going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there quite possibly could be a, you know, mother baby that nailed breastfeeding But from my experience and from other people I spoke to, that's not the case at all. There's Mm -hmm. challenges with it um, that you just, that are unexpected. You don't think of. Do you think it really is the type of thing that someone, like that there is something that someone could have told you to help? Or is it like you really just need to live through it? Uh, Both. I, I think everybody's experience is unique and Mm -hmm. every breastfeeding mother is going to have their own challenges. Mm -hmm. So my challenges are not going to be the same as somebody else's, but they're equally challenging. Challenging and important and respectful and all of those things. Exactly. Now, if I were to have that survey back in my hands, I would love for them to speak more of how can I be aware of clogged ducts? And if I have one, what can I do to avoid mastitis? If Mm -hmm. I get mastitis, what are the steps I should take? 
Do I keep breastfeeding? Do I not? Does, um, do you think that would have overwhelmed the new mom of you? I think it would have been Maybe scary. I think, yeah. you know, but when you're watching these labor delivery videos, they're a little more, more in detail and they kind of outline the scarier things that could happen. So why not just lay it out there for breastfeeding? Personally, I like to know what I'm doing. What you're in for. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, if you don't mind, kind of take us on the journey of, of what you've been through. Sure. I mean, so you have the baby <laughs> and, and let me preface and preface this with, I had a fairly easy pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I had a fairly easy labor and delivery. Um, so I kept on telling myself like breastfeeding was challenging. And I kept on saying, Oh, you know, it's due. I, it was easy pregnancy, easy labor and differently. Like, so this is your thing. This to, is my thing. Work through. Until yeah. a lactation consultant said, honey, no, you've, you've been through the ringer. Like this is a lot. And I was like, you know what? It has been. <laughs> um, so, but I guess to rewind, um, so we started, I, I knew I would like to breastfeed, but I was also prepared that it doesn't work out for everybody. And I was ready to, you know, give formula if that was the best for the baby. Mm-hmm. So in the hospital, they have lactation consultants, which are lovely. Breastfeeding started off well with the lactation consultants. Um, I would say our, towards day two in the hospital, right before we were going to leave, the pediatrician was slightly worried um, about the percentage of weight she lost. All babies lose weight. But he was like, she's kind of borderline, so I would maybe supplement with formula. And I think that kind of started the journey of, I started doubting myself of being able to provide for her. Yeah, it gets so personal, doesn't it? And in hindsight, I would have probably just waited a day or two because um, anybody listening that is, you know, not a breastfeeding mama, maybe doesn't know a lot. (laughs) Your milk doesn't, it's not like you have a baby and your milk is here. Right. Uh, the very first step is colostrum, which is what, kind of like the loaded vitamin for babies. Mm. Um, so it's not milk. It's all the antibodies, vitamins, you know, good things for their bodies. That's going to help them in the future. And the milk doesn't come in for a couple of days. Well, mine was late to come in um it was you know they say a couple of days mine was probably like three days more of that number um so i in was new york city and <laughs> ambulances and police all at the time <laughs> we live right next to a fire department <laughs> yes. nice and safe <laughs> good um i was fortunate to have a lactation consultant um my insurance covered it six visits. So I, right off the bat, I had someone come to my house Mm. and she, she was not concerned. She's like, your milk's going to come in. Um, things I read and people are kind of forums. I 
was involved in and asking about people said, you know, pump, whether your milk's in or not, it'll eventually come. Well, I think I went a little, I was an overachiever and pumped a little too much. So then I believe I got an oversupply. So mm. it's a fine line. Like you panic. You yeah. Don't have, How do you even know? Have enough for, to feed your baby. So you do the steps to increase your supply, lactation cookies, milk, pumping. <laughs> then I had way too much milk. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that time she was having, well, I called her my little alligator. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie the alligator. Uh, obviously babies don't have teeth, but somehow it felt like teeth gnawing on my nipple. I mean, is this, I guess we're talking about breastfeeding so we can use all these terms. If no one wants to hear (laughs) the natural body word of nipple, they don't have to listen. Basically my nipples were in world war (laughs) two and losing the battle. Um, she is a strong girl. She is. And you know, it's, we're learning as mothers how to feed them, but as babies, they're learning how to feed as well. So it's both of us trying to be patient with each other, trying to find a rhythm, and it can get very, very frustrating. Um, You know, we we both want the end goal to feed her. (laughs) Mm, Exactly. But it's just finding a rhythm to get, get there. And Unfortunately, week two, I developed mastitis. And so mastitis is typically from a clogged duct, but I've, through doctors, have also found out that it can just be like a cut. I I mean, I definitely cuts on my nipples. So, And when we first talked and you mentioned it to me, I did hear that quite a few of my friends had experienced that. And so I remember at first you said, oh, I have this thing. And I said, well, let me reach out to a couple of my friends. And at least two of them got back to me saying, oh, yeah, I had that at one point. Oh, yeah, I had that at one point. But it's almost as like, so that kind of felt normal. And then things just started. Right. Unfortunately, it's common. So typically you go on an antibiotic and it takes away the flu-like symptoms. It takes away the huge lump in your breast, like the, you get a rock hard kind of like lump that you need to massage out and the redness should go away. So Mm -hmm. I went on antibiotics, the flu-like symptoms went away, the hardness went away, but my boob was fire engine red. I mean, tie into the fire engine that passed. (laughs) I did see your beautiful boob and it was red. I have to admit. Yes. And we're that close. I was when you're breastfeeding, you are topless 24-7. Exactly. It doesn't matter who's at the house. Also, know. Amanda and I lived together for like two years, so we're used to that. Yes, yes, just as like a sister. So I was I was like, I hope you don't mind. I'm gonna take my top off and Oop. show you that. You do what you have to do. <laughs> so oh. I had had the lactation consultant come back. She obviously saw that it was still red. She's like, you need to make another appointment with your doctor. So I did so. And the doctor advised I go to the hospital, which a new mom never wants to hear. (laughs) Right. So luckily I have an amazing husband who the minute I text him, he was home in 30 minutes (laughs) um, to watch our daughter. and. 
Yeah, it was, I've never been to the ER. So this was the first time I well, had and then it's hard too because ER you could do it by yourself. By myself. Yeah, that's my hard. my wonderful mother was already on her way from Pittsburgh <laughs> up to New York <laughs> oh, so to good. be with me. But yeah, the good news out of that visit was they sent me because they were they well, I did have cellulitis. They were concerned it was cellulitis um slash an abscess in the breast so luckily it was not an abscess which would have meant um that you had to have it drained so that's like a whole other situation yeah that would have been horrible but um they put me on iva antibiotics which in turn i discovered i was allergic to um so yeah, there was just so many obstacles. Like there, I, I was definitely feeling red and they came up to check on me and they're like, oh, this is, you know, sometimes a side effect of the antibiotic. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Well, it was, wasn't until I came home and my I, back was full of hives that I was like, no, I'm allergic <laughs> to this. Yeah. So, and when you're breastfeeding, you have to be sure everything you're taking is safe for the baby. So I had just spoke with doctors, lactation consultant, the IV antibiotic was fine. But then I was like, okay, now I'm taking Benadryl. Is this okay for her? So I don't check with one person. I'm emailing the pediatrician. I'm checking with the lactation consultant. Exactly. There's just a lot of steps on top of not feeling well. Um, So to shorten the story a bit, the IV antibiotic helped, but didn't still, I'm still having this redness to my breast. And this is not when you mentioned there were like three antibiotics you can take. Was that later on? This is later on. So getting to that, I go back to the doctor. I'm like, the boob is still red. So we finally take a culture of milk to figure out, to, to figure out what this bacteria is. And remind me, during this time, were you still feeding, Ellie? So were... I was pumping from the right and breastfeeding from the left. Yeah. So, which, God bless exclusively pumping mamas, because it is hard work when you have to give your baby a bottle, pump, wash all the stuff, you're basically on repeat. There's yeah. no time. Like yeah. barely any time for yourself. Yeah. Um, it's a vicious cycle. Mm. Um, so the culture results prove that the bacteria I had was not a common one. Typically, mm-hmm. mastitis is a staph or strep infection bacteria. I had what was called Pseudomonas petita, which is actually a bacteria typically found in soil which is very odd. Yeah, I so kind of random. freaked out. I was like, we have a garden. Do I need to burn my garden? Like, <laughs> your mind just goes all yeah, over the place. Exactly. Doctors were like, no, don't burn your garden. You're <laughs> I quit the tomatoes. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so there was three antibiotics for treatment, two of which I was allergic to. One I knew for sure. Another, I was on the fence about, it was like 10 years ago, I took it and developed a rash. So I said, 
you know, I could possibly take this, maybe, maybe not. The third um, and only one I wasn't allergic to, I wouldn't be able to give Ellie the breast milk. It wasn't safe. Mm -hmm. So my OBGYN, who's fabulous um, and so helpful, he recommended I contact an infectious disease doctor, which sounds very, very scary. Yeah, no <laughs> new mom wants to hear that. Yes, um, but he said he would be the most knowledgeable in this area to see if there's any other options of mm. treatment. So, because I had been seeing an OBGYN, a breast specialist, contacting pediatrician during this, my doctor talked to a neonatal doctor. So, so many people involved with this situation. Yeah. So in the end, uh, the infectious disease doctor recommended the antibiotic that was not safe to give her breast milk. Um, but luckily, since I had an oversupply, the freezer was overflowing. <laughs> so we were able to give her breast milk still as I was pumping and dumping, which I have to say, every mom that pumps will say, you know, it kills you a little bit to throw the breast milk down the drain. But at the same time, with everything I'd been through, it was almost satisfying in an odd, yeah. odd That's way because I was so mad with everything that was happening. You're just like, I get just this wanted, out of my body. Yes, I just wanted yeah. to throw it out the window, down the drain, you know, yeah. where I could. Um, and throughout all of this, every, you know, you get different opinions, which are all welcomed, but. You just have to figure out what works best for you. Yeah, yeah, there's people saying, you know, hang in there. It gets better. You're doing great. There's people, you have to put yourself first. If it's not working out, don't feel like you're, you're giving up on her formula's fine. So it's such a mental adventure and, and exhausting of being like, should I stick with it? Should I stop? And, and on top of it, when you have mastitis, you can't stop. You have to keep pumping or breastfeeding. So mm. it's like that kind of made up my mind there. But once it was kind of healing, what do you do? And it's hard because your body's flowing with all these hormones and <laughs> trying to readjust. It's, and Exactly. You know, and then on top, like um, we also were told she had a lip and tongue tie. So mm -hmm. at the same time, we're also like taking her to specialists for that and thinking that okay, didn't help. That didn't help with her suction. Well, we didn't end up having the really release done. Right. It was, we had the appointment scheduled. Right. But then I found out I had to pump and dump and I said, well, I need to breastfeed if she has this. That's the whole point. Right. Is to give us a better breastfeeding experience, but there's no guarantee. And she kind of got used to it, right? Right. So it worked in, around it. In the end of this, I would say it has taken over. Well, mastitis started April 22nd. <laughs> Oof, yeah. So this has been 
a two month journey. It, in the last week, I would say, I feel like my right breast has looked normal, but it took that long for the redness to go away. And, you know, it's hard because doctors say like, oh, it's still red. Keep an eye on it. If it gets worse, let us know. But you're thinking, but you're like, I'm well, not what's a doctor. Red? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah, I look at it and I'm like, is it more red? Is it not? Who knows? So there's so many things, but we are finally at a point where I'm able to put her on the boob. She breastfeeds. I'm not needing to leave my boobs hanging out for two hours after feeding just to air out. Yeah. Yeah. I can't stand putting a bra back on. Um, it's been a great achievement. We've breastfed in public I know times I, now. that's what I was gonna say I recently saw a picture of you doing that and I was like yay that's huge yeah. that's really good <laughs> which I posted on my insta story because you also see like when you do see women breastfeeding it it's a lie like to other new moms it looks so easy right it's like oh they have their cute little cover on the baby's feeding right that's that so I made sure I did this post of Ellie and I feeding at Shockable, but then I posted another picture that my mom had taken of me literally in the Dying. cover, <laughs> like we're in a tent trying to get the latch on. It's not yeah. glamorous. It's no. not easy. Um, that's why there's also, you know, this whole topic of, should women breastfeed in public not being covered? If you've experienced breastfeeding, you'd understand. No one cares. Like, yeah, boob, like it's not even a boob. All I want to do is feed my baby. So if that means needing to feed her without a cover on where we're both sweating or trying to yeah, exactly. catch, then so be it. Right. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, your baby just needs to eat. That's the bottom line and get the nutrition. Right. And I think if people understood that, then they'd be like, more power to you. Like, just do it. Do it. Yeah, exactly. What do you think has been something throughout this, your specific journey that has helped you work through it? Like, has there been anything in particular that you're like, I couldn't live without this or that or whatever. Oh, oh, to help with, I mean, boppies are a breastfeeding mama's best friends. I mean, mm -hmm. and they have different, there's boppies. There is a uh, one on the market called breast friend, but mm -hmm. basically it's so helpful to have a pillow. You could use a pillow, I guess. You don't need yeah. the boppy or the name brand. But just having that for support, um, it definitely gets tricky when you're out in public without these items and you're trying yeah. to hold their head, hold your boob, get the latch, <laughs> hold them. You so need that's another couple arms. Helped in a sense of just breastfeeding in general. Um, also, support groups. Gosh, mm -hmm. my one friend um in dc a bit of her advice after i had ellie is as soon as you can try to go to a support group 
Mm. And it's hard, you know, it's so easy just to stay in the house and get Mm. caught up in. (sighs) I actually had a friend who I forget how old her baby was at the time, but she um, decided to venture out. It was taking her a long time to decide to actually go to a support group like that. But she finally said, okay, I'm going to do it. She did the research. She was ready. She planned. I think she had even knew somebody there. And so she decided to go this one day. And of course, even getting prepared to go with a mm-hmm. newborn is hard. Oh, for sure. And so she did it. She, she gets there. She showed up. And I believe her friend wasn't there that day. Uh, she had messaged her. She wasn't able to make it or something like that. And so she showed up and, you know, of course was hoping for a certain welcome and didn't necessarily get that probably because everyone was just in their own world or whatnot. And so she didn't even stay. She just turned <laughs> around and walked out because she was just, you know, she of course was needing that comfort and love and support right away. And when she didn't get it, she kind of didn't know what to do and was like, ah, did I make a mistake? And she just went home. But I think it is really good if you can push yourself to persevere and stick through it and find one and go. I think that's really right. Good. And it's scary. I know that sounds so odd because I'm a social person. I'm not afraid to, you know, introduce myself to people, but for some reason, when you're, a new mom and you have a baby. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's different. Yeah. It's scary. And, and luckily the support group I went to was led by a lactation consultant. So, and held at the hospital. So there were chairs set up. It was a little yeah, it was easier nice and comforting. to sit yeah. down Welcome. and be like, I'm new. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that also helped me keep going, I think. Absolutely. Um, just hearing everyone else's stories. Kind of right, like right. I'm trying to do here. I just want to kind of normalize the fact that motherhood, especially newly motherhood, <laughs> is really difficult. And there's no, I mean, you can read all the books that there is, um, but it's never really going to prepare you for that exact thing. Right. And, I think and it's important to hear other stories. And just to keep in mind that there's like in these support group, support groups, it's a no judgment zone. Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be. Whatever works for you and your baby is, is perfect. Right. Don't like, I, I want to stress if there are new moms listening to this, just because I push through, you know, all of that chaos every day wanting to quit doesn't mm-hmm. mean that someone else has to do that. That's not maybe what's right for them. You know, exactly. there's plenty of people that gave it a shot and now are exclusively pumping and making that work, or they gave it a shot and they decided formula was best for them. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's truly what's, what's good for you and your baby. And you should be proud of that choice. (laughs) Yeah. What has been something that has surprised you about motherhood? Oh goodness. I guess just hearing. I mean, minus the typical, you know, like, you know, you don't know what to expect, but. Right. I guess 
because you hear like in particular, I hear my mom's voice. She always says, you'll never know a love until you have a baby and that bond and that love between you. And my goodness, it's something you can't explain. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's you, your heart grows, I feel like 10 times bigger. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's a love like no other. It's crazy. I think I hear so, her. Do I hear her? She hear is. Her call for you? <laughs> Daddy's in charge. I think she got a little hungry. So yeah. typically, what else is great about our situation is she does take to the bottle as well as to the nipple. So mm -hmm. we're very lucky that she goes back and forth. But she has a routine and she does this on the breast as well. When it's time to burp, she's not having it. So <laughs> I can tell you right now, it's probably burp time. <laughs> well, I can let you go finish off burp time. The only other thing I'll say is um, let's leave a little message for Ellie when she's uh, 18. What is something that you would say to her right now? Oh, oh gosh, 18. Oh. Follow your dreams, baby girl. <laughs> There's no dream too big. Absolutely. I love that. That's the biggest thing. Spread your wings. I love that. Thanks, Amanda. Love oh, you. Love me. Thank you, Jess. This has been fun. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to the very first episode of the Pumping Podcast. I am so excited we were able to celebrate breastfeeding week with such an amazing story from Amanda. She has just pushed through and persevered such a challenging start to being a mama. I'm so proud of her. And little Ellie is just growing up so fast. <laughs> She's adorable. I just wanted to let you guys know that if you have any questions for Amanda or any of my upcoming guests, please send me an email at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. I am going to do a catch-up episode every now and then to get those questions answered. And once again, if you're a mama that wants to share your story, send me an email there too. And one more note, if you happen to hear any little baby cries from Ellie in the background, have no fear. She was in the very loving hands of her father, and she was being very well taken care of. The last thing I wanted to say is I want to give a big shout out to my two mama friends, Ashley and Kelly. Thank you so much for letting me use the laughter of your precious babies on the podcast. That's them you hear chuckling at the beginning of the episode. Thank you all so much for listening and tuning in. I'm so excited to be here and can't wait to share more amazing stories. If you enjoyed the episode, please go rate and review and subscribe to The Pumping Podcast so you never miss a future episode. Also, share it with a mama that you think might enjoy listening. I have an unbelievable story. Your mind is going to be blown coming up next week about adoption, miscarriage, pregnancy, and the resilience of a mama who just never ever stopped dreaming that she would be a mama. You have to tune in. It's going to be a great one. So until then, keep on pumping and we'll chat soon. <laughs>